Hey, it's Jen, and this is Diary of the Brokenhearted. I I want to apologize. I did not have time at all last week to to submit an episode or even record one. Um, for those of you that don't know, I am living in the UK. I'm living in London, um, and the reason why I even came here is because I'm actually I actually was contracted uh, to be a teacher. <laughs> so. Um, I've had a very busy couple weeks um, trying to, you know, lesson plan and stuff like that and um, trying to get used to the UK system of doing uh, education, which has its similarities, but also its differences. And also the fact that I have to reteach myself math because I am absolutely terrible at, at math. And it gives me PTSD. <laughs> so, yeah. Um it's not my forte. It's not my favorite thing. I'm more of an English, um, you know, an English teacher. That's, that's more the thing that I'm proficient at and, ama- and not amazing. I don't want to boast myself that much, but I'm good at it. So I rather do English or social studies, humanities, anything related to people and the rest of the world. Nothing to do with numbers. The only aspect of math that I was good at was the problem-solving word ones. So there you go, an insight into my brain. (laughs) Um, I am a elementary school teacher, which is what we call it in Canada, but in the UK it's called a primary teacher. And um, honestly, um, being here has been very interesting, and I've seen a lot of... uh, ways that um god has has been intentional and has been moving has been doing things in my life um yeah you know what this episode i'm just gonna go right into it um i'm not gonna waste time um i am gonna use this episode to talk about um pretty much give like little bits of of testimony of what God is doing here in the UK and how he is literally showing off, um, which has me in awe. Um, I don't even know where to start. Um, so the last episode before this one was about, you know, me coming to the UK, what he did to get me here kind of thing. But the scary part is that every Thing that keeps happening here keeps pointing me back to the fact that I was literally meant to be here. Um, I've had today, I had so much deja vu, it was ridiculous. And I was remembering moments where I had dreams, where I saw these children. Um, I'm currently um I'm currently supplying for a class because a teacher, she um, had to get um, surgery for something or, or something like that. And I'm supplying for her for a couple weeks. And this is my first week completely alone um, with the class. It's 30 children, by the way. Um, in Canada, they'd be considered fifth graders. In the UK, they're considered year six. Um and honestly, it's been very interesting. Um, 30 students. <laughs> okay. I have some TAs in the classroom, which is amazing. And they've been like the most like supportive people ever. Um, shout out to them. Um, but yeah, um, honestly, where was I going with this? I'm trying to remember. Um, 
yeah, God's been very intentional about a lot of things. Like some of the people I've met, some of the things that I've been doing, the places I've been going, I keep seeing him in everything. And the crazy thing is that, um, like, I don't know, it just keeps confirming it over and over and over again that I was meant to be here. Um, for those of you that don't know, I think I might have mentioned it before, I was never someone that liked doing things by myself. I always felt the need to have someone with me. Um, God was, was working through that with me because it's more of an anxiety thing and like the need to have someone around. And, um, like I kept feeling like, okay, I need to learn how to do things on my own and not be dependent on anyone or not need someone to be there for me to enjoy something because a lot of the time I avoided doing things I loved and and I started to convince myself that I no longer wanted to do certain things just because of the fact that I had no one else to share like the joy of it with me no one else that actually enjoyed it as well other than my sister, of course, because she's great. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I just didn't have um, people that were like, that were willing to enjoy certain things with me. So being on this journey on my own, I've discovered a lot of the things that I actually love and I've, I didn't realize were a part of who I am. Um, like, no, but for, <laughs> I know this goes sound weird. No, but for real, like I've, I, I've gotten to the point where like, you know, I've done museums on my own. I've, I've gone to the movie theaters to watch movies on my own a um, couple times now. And it honestly doesn't feel weird. It doesn't feel awkward. It doesn't feel out of place. I actually feel totally confident, secure in where I am. I'm walking around uh, London like I know the place. Well, and <laughs> And, and it's funny because I've only been here about a month and a half or a month and a couple, a week or two, I think. And it's crazy to think how quickly it's, it's grown my confidence to be out of my four walls. And the weird thing is that I didn't think a whole country would be considered four walls. <laughs> but um, yeah, leaving Canada was like a really good idea for me. And um, yeah, there have been so many moments where God's been so obvious. And I have joined this church um, that is absolutely amazing. Shout out to Vineyard 61 um, here in London. Um, ha they've been absolutely incredible and they have honestly been speaking into my life in ways that they don't even realize how impacting it's been. Um, ever since I first stepped into that church, it felt like home. It, li it literally felt like home. I felt like I could be myself. I felt like, um, these people really saw me, even though like, you know, I didn't go there for people. I just went there because I was like, okay, I need, I need a church. I need a church community. I need a place um, to express myself and and learn more from people about ministry and things. And honestly, this church has been absolutely amazing. And um, I feel like I'm going to get to a point eventually, <laughs> eventually. Um, but 
just bear with me as I as I process everything that's been happening to me. Um, these pastors have been amazing. Like ever since I stepped in the door, I knew there was something about them that was very special toward to me. Um, and they have noticed the same thing. They said the same thing too. They're like, there's something about you that feels like you were sent here for us. Like God sent you here because we needed you here. And it's so surreal to hear it from people, to be honest with you. It's very surreal because this makes me sound arrogant or proud. And I'm not that kind of person. And I'm not someone who will be like, yeah, I was meant, you know, the Lord sent me. I am a sent one. <laughs> but no, like it. it's so weird how, um, how God just has been so detailed with everything that he's doing here. Um, I've joined their ministry school and um, it's been awesome. It's only been like three sessions so far, but I got a, I actually got a word on, on Wednesday. I got a word of knowledge. And for those of you that don't know what that is, a word of knowledge is not necessarily a prophecy. It's more like someone will say something that God is telling them about you. It could be a detail that only you and God know. It could be um, you know, something, something that only you've said to yourself and you've held on to yourself, or maybe certain aspects of you that a stranger would have no clue about. And we were doing this exercise where, um, the pastor called his leaders up and he told them to face the wall. And then he, he would point out one of us to come up to the person and just touch their shoulder, but not face them. So to do them from behind, and luckily he picked me. <laughs> um, and I I walked up to her and I put my hand on her shoulder and I kind of stood there. And in my head, I'm going, Lord, you know, I've been needing you to speak um, through someone. And I, I just want to hear something from you because um, that honestly, this week I was feeling really stressed and I don't know what it was. I was feeling such an anxiety, such anxiety and a heaviness on me and and just a burden on my shoulders and I could feel it in my body because my body was starting to really ache and hurt. So those of you that are listening, like if you've if you don't think you suffer from anxiety, um, but you're getting all these kind of symptoms, you have to kind of pay attention because it could be anxiety. Your sometimes your body reacts to anxiety in a way that it causes aches and pains, like you lose um appetite um, headaches, like tension on your shoulders, like things like that, like that stuff can be a symptom of, of anxiety. And you don't even realize that that's what it is. Like sometimes you're like, Oh, I'm just tired. I'm just tired. I haven't gotten enough sleep, blah, blah, blah. But sometimes your body is reacting to anxiety before your brain notices what it is. Right. So yeah, I was feeling like that. I walked up to her and she's just starts giving me this word about like, you know, and, and this is going to sound really weird to some of you, but she was like, you know, the Lord, like, I see a beanie. And I was like, I was dying of laughter because I was like, uh, it's not that cold. No, <laughs> I'm joking. So she's like, I see a beanie and I see like this covering that God has placed over your life. Like he's very protective of you. And I see that for you, it's been a winter season for quite a while. Um, but it's still been one where you've seen God's protection and God covers and God's covering over your life. And 
I also see a spring season starting up, which is where you're going to walk out of this terrible, dark, cold winter season and just flourish and have new fruit and have new things in your life. And um, yeah, in that moment, I needed to hear something like that. I just bawled my eyes out <laughs> in front of everybody, which is great. Um and hey, yay for vulnerability, because the thing is, we are so terrified of vulnerability, but sometimes that's the one thing we need to embrace, to expose the very things that are keeping us captive, the very things that are keeping us tormented and hurting and all that kind of stuff. So please, please, we need to stop with this nonsense of like, I'm afraid uh, to express that part of me, or I'm afraid to express my emotions or to let my emotions out. Um, because the thing is the, sometimes the only way to, to even begin a healing process is to have a breakdown. (laughs) I don't mean like in a bad way. I mean, like being in the presence of God and literally completely breaking down, allowing every emotion that you've bottled up to literally explode, but explode in your secret place in the presence of God, not in front of people or towards people, because that's just a mess. So like, we need that sometimes. And so I did, I was like crying and stuff. And they're like, oh, does it resonate to you? And I'm like, yes, because as you all know, everyone that's listened to this podcast knows that I've had a very terrible couple months. (laughs) Um, It's the reason why I started this podcast, right? So, so many of you know that I've had a really difficult couple months and this has been like an avenue for me to walk through healing. And this healing is going to take a little while, um, which kind of sucks and I'm not looking forward to that. But, um, good things come to those who wait. (laughs) You know, good things will come because it's going to be a deep, deep, deep healing work that God is doing inside of my my life and my heart and my mind. So it's going to be worth it. It's going to be something that I'm going to look back and be like, thank you. I'm glad I went through that because now I'm a completely different version of myself. Which reminds me, that's another thing. Being in this process of discovering who I am again, because to be honest, I do not know who I am. Like, I do not recognize myself at all. And I keep looking at, I've seen old pictures of me. I've seen old, um, like, things that I've written out and things that I've done. And I'm just like, I don't know that girl. Like, I don't know who she is. And I look at myself and I'm just like, like, who am I? Like, what what makes me happy? What makes me excited? What 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 triggers me? What what is it that, you know, um, I'm passionate about? Like, what is it? And like, I've noticed that God has been showing me like little glimpses, like as I go through my day, and how much I am absolutely loving each and every one of my students in this class and I'm dreading the day that I'm going to have to say goodbye to them because I'm literally loving all of them so dearly like they are going to have such a special place in my heart because they're all teaching me something and they don't even realize it but they are and they're teaching me to to just love innocently again to just you know 
allow myself to be a safe space for for people again because I've been terrified of that. I've been so afraid to let myself be a safe place for vulnerable people because children are vulnerable and I've always been so passionate about children's rights and taking care of children and protecting children and all that kind of stuff and then as I've walked through this very difficult painful season I've avoided being around children because I was so afraid of tainting their view of God and like tainting how they would see themselves and stuff and and I didn't want because my brain was always like you need to be the example you need to be the example and you need to do things right because they're watching and all and like that that nonsense perfectionism that we are taught um since we're young in the church in schools everywhere like I'm I'm talking about like to the point where like when because the thing is the 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 students I teach are the oldest in the whole school. So when other teachers are all like, you're six, you're supposed to be the example. The rest of the school is watching you. Like, blah, 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 blah. It boils my blood. And I mean, like, makes me so annoyed. Um, because I, it just gives me PTSD. <laughs> it just triggers me. It triggers me badly because that was my life. It was the, you need to do things right. You need to do things perfectly. You need, you're the example. Everyone's watching you. And <clears throat> the moment I no longer fit in the box of what people defined as Jennifer, I automatically became a villain to them. I automatically became this oh, no, never mind. Don't don't follow her example. Don't look at her as, as someone you can look up to because she's tainted or she's like whatever. And honestly, it's nonsense. And I know that's a lie of the enemy. So yeah, it's this absolute nonsense. And honestly, like a lot of that stuff, I realized that a lot of that stuff has has been in the forefront of of my fear when it comes to healing because it's the whole what you know fear of man like what are people going to think of me what are people going to do and um even like like I like I had mentioned like at the school we had done this thing where we I know this is going to sound crazy to anybody that's not a believer or even even to believers like it's going to sound ridiculous um, but we pretended there was a fire in the middle of the room and we would stand in the middle of the room and pretend that we walked into the fire and were leaving stuff in the fire. So we were leaving our fears and we were leaving lies that we've believed that have caused or, or reinforced the fears. And I struggled to walk in there at first because I was trembling because my fear, and I realize it's still it's it it has still been a thing that's that's kind of there is the fear that no one's gonna choose me. And I don't know if anybody listening has has felt that before. And I don't just mean romantically because people are like, oh, is it because you're lonely and you want to be in a relationship? Like, no, that's not what I'm talking about. I mean, anybody that will choose you 
like that will intentionally choose to keep you in their lives like forever or want to keep you in their lives forever like friendships and like you know just anybody you'll trust like yeah of course relationships at one point but like like you know what I mean like people that will actually make you first in their life or choose you or be there for you all the time and um I've been that to people like I've always dropped everything and ran the moment they needed me but they never really did that for me ever and that has been this thing that just constantly reinforces the whole no one's gonna choose you and no one wants to choose you kind of lie that goes on that has gone on in my head and it's so crazy because coming here and meeting these people and meeting these pastors who seem to be so intentional about getting to know me feels like it feels like they're they're choosing me and god is just like literally ripping off parts of that lie because the thing is even people that i've known for a very long time and and i dedicated sacrificed so much for for so many years still like chose other people over me chose people that they know aren't safe aren't good and aren't good for them are are very toxic but they still purposely chose people that i don't know that i guess they felt more comfortable with at one point or something and avoided choosing me or chose to let me go and I was talking to Mary last night and when I said that to her she just stopped and looked at me and well we were zoom <laughs> we were on zoom but so she looked at me and goes oh my gosh we do that to God She's like, can you imagine how he feels every time we choose something else over him every single time? Like the pain of that rejection because we're choosing something we have had for less amount of time over something that we know to be true, which is him that we've had maybe our whole lives. And I just kind of sat there like, oh my God. And I looked up, funny enough, I looked up and I'm like, Lord, when I said I wanted to love like you and I wanted your heart, I did not mean people purposely rejecting me constantly, even the ones that I'm there for for so long. I didn't mean it like that. Like, yeah, I get I'll have to face rejection, but I did not mean it to the point where you're going to have me waste eight years of my life. <laughs> So that I can understand the concept of rejection. Like, that doesn't really make any sense to me. But honestly, God knows what he's doing. So I'm going to stop questioning that. Okay. Wow. Even my alarm's telling me it's time to cut this episode. <laughs> so this is what you're getting for this week. Um, I will make sure that next week there's an episode. So, yeah. Thanks for listening to my ranting. 
as usual, my podcasts don't really have a a thing, but I feel like in them there's there's always a word for someone. So yeah, I love you. I believe in you and I will talk to you next week. <laughs>